It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott with you here for episode... 93. I, I'm not alone. I do have a co-host this week. The Georgia Swarm are up this week here on Lax Class. Looking forward to this as I'll welcome my co-host in right off the top here from the Georgia Swarm. I don't know what your official title is, man. You do it all, really, for the Swarm social media, some yeah. writing. You got the Stingcast. You look after the boys uh, on the road and at home as well. Ty Marrow. On the podcast, co-hosting episode 93 with yours truly. Ty, welcome, and and thanks for doing this, man. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for having me on, Jumbo. I've been looking forward to this ever since we uh, decided that I was going to co-host with you about, what, a week, week and a half ago? So this has been on my mind a lot. And, yeah, title-wise, you you covered it. My my official title is Managing Editor Lacrosse Operations, but – pretty much anything and everything for the swarm anything and everything and as you know i got a little history with the swarm myself being the former voice of the swarm Mm -hmm. for a few years and got to know the arlottas quite well during uh my time with with what was minnesota at the time but uh still remain good friends with with the owner and 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 son uh, in tow, and, and a lot of good memories with the Swarm organization, and I think uh, it's been fantastic down in Georgia. Things just continue to progress and get better with the lacrosse scene down there, and of course Shane Jackson, MVP of the league last <laughs> year, so uh, Swarm can boast that, and of course the 2017 NLL champions as well. So Georgia Swarm Week, we got Georgia and only Calgary left after that, and then we're kind of through our teams and co-hosts and i gotta figure out what the hell i'm gonna do after that but anyways um <laughs> lefty bombs brendan bomberry from the georgia swarm and iroquois nationals will join us here in about 25 minutes from now and uh we got who we had we got who you got under review quick sticks as well as usual and i feel like we're we're probably in for a long one here this week ty so settle in you may have to bust it up into two parts this week here for ep93 i'm not sure but uh lots to talk about that is for sure and i think we need to begin with what's kind of happening in lacrosse world right now. And I, and I think I want to start with the fact that the World Games down there in Birmingham, Alabama, coming out and saying that some things have changed. And, and as we know, as we talked about in previous episodes, that the Iroquois Nationals were currently not invited to compete in the World Games in Birmingham in 2022. Now that has changed, I think a little public pressure and and, uh, some awareness have kind of started the wheels in motion. Over 50, I don't know what it's at now, Ty, 52, 53,000 people signing the petition to get the Iroquois Nationals into the World Games world. Lacrosse working with the World Games board together and still not over the fence quite yet uh, the wording in the release and you can find it uh, world lacks sport 
joint release with the World Games saying that they plan to create some new criteria and, and some approval still needed from a couple of organizations. But it's looking positive and, and speaking with uh, a couple of executives, including a board member on World Lax, that the Iroquois will, in fact, time arrow, compete at the Birmingham game. Still a couple of I's to dot and T's to cross here, but uh, things looking good for the Iroquois Nationals to compete at the World Games in Birmingham in 2022. Absolutely. And this is one thing that uh, I commented on once the release was put out on Twitter. Uh, just like it's a good step. And I, I, I feel much more confident saying that, hey, we're going to have the Nationals in Birmingham next year or 2022. I'm sorry, Gene. It feels like 2021. Yeah, um, it's been a long I, year, man. It's, it's been about two years and three months. So, um, no, so it, it's good that this announcement happened, but we don't quite know the criteria at this point officially and they're going to end up having to take a team spot that's already on there and these aren't insignificant hurdles um they're they're manageable and again i think they're going to be overcome but just well we'll, we'll get there we still got a year and a half before the games more than that so we'll we'll get there we'll get to see some of the best players and the most exciting players uh, to watch competing on the world stage again yeah, it would be an absolute travesty if if the Nats weren't there. And as far as you know, having to knock out a team for the Nationals to to get there, I I don't know who it's going to be. Probably Germany, I would think. But I I honestly I cannot see Germany standing in the way, going no no like you know, <laughs> you know we're we're going to take the place of the number two or number three nation in the world at at the World Games. Sorry. So I don't see that being a roadblock. I think they need approval from the IOC Olympic Committee of both the United States and Canada, which I don't see being an issue, but still more things to cross off for the Olympic list. But main thing is here is that the wheels are in motion. The dialogue has began. The work is underway, and it's looking good here for the Nationals to be in Birmingham in a couple of years from now. So I honestly, I could not be happier and more thankful to both World World Lax and the, the World Games Committee to, to make this happen. And again, for people, don't get it confused. The World Indoor Lacrosse Championships or World Lacrosse Championships are different than the World Games. So those are two separate things, and the World Games are governed by the IOC, and, and it's more or less a, a pre-qualifier to the Olympics. So uh, two different, completely different things here, but World Lacrosse working exclusively here with the World Games Committee to make this happen. And a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucratic BS here, Ty, to make something like this happen. <laughs> but they got it done pretty swiftly. Yeah. And, and like, it's almost surprising to me that it came together as quick as it did. So I, I want to shed some praise here on on everybody involved in both those boards for making for making that happen making what has happened so far happen and my goodness i i honestly hope the the hurdles here that they still need to clear are are cleared because the the backlash and outcry if they if they don't get in here would be monumental and we've seen players come out on on both sides team usa and, and canada not many but a couple uh joe walters curtis dixon come to mind saying you know like if they're not in we're not going so pretty strong statements there i have seen some statements that i haven't been too impressed by 
and and that coming out of the PLL Championship Series, and this is down a totally different road, but guys not wearing Black Lives Matter patches on their jerseys. Um, I I don't have an explanation why somebody would not do that and and support that cause. I think you're sending a message by not doing it and then furthering it by not explaining yourself why you didn't do it. So this this podcast has never been a political one, but to see some of these players come out in support of the president and I I just like I'm sorry. This is how strong I feel about it. If if you're down that road, turn the podcast off and don't listen because I don't want you. And and that that's about what I'm going to say on it. So give your head a shake. I don't know who these players – I'm not going to start naming names, but my God. Um, which leads me down to the next road here, and, and we will get to some fun stuff here eventually, folks. But this these topics and these conversations are ones that need to be had. And for me – I've always said on this podcast that I have a voice, I have a platform, and I'm going to use that as I see fit. And it may piss people off. It may hurt feelings from time to time. It it may upset people. But again, like these are uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. And if you're not speaking up about it, then you're a part of the problem. If it makes you uncomfortable to hear these types of things, then you're part of the problem. And where I'm going with this right now, Ty, is with what has happened with U.S. lacrosse and using indigenous tribal nations for their monetary benefit. And I want you to to follow Lyle Thompson and, and listen to the video that he put out just yesterday. I want you to follow an account called Pause Up KC. And I want you to follow a lady by the name of Tara Lynn Fern. Uh, Twitter handle at Tara Lynn, who's been very outspoken about what's going on. And for me, I've tried to educate myself as best I can and I'm still not there compared to how much more in the know. And Brandon Bomberry, who we're going to talk to here in about 15, is is even more so um, maybe than them. And, and very close to what the situation happening down in South Dakota uh, a couple of years ago that still continues to, to be a stain on our sport. Um uh, so I want you to I want you to follow those accounts and I want you to listen and watch the videos that these these guys have put out. But for for people that don't know what's happened, uh, U.S. Lacrosse has a nonprofit uh, organization where they take donations that go directly to funding U.S. Lacrosse, and they were using tribal nations. So if you donate. $1,000, it goes to the Ojibwe. If you donate 10000 it goes to the Dakota. If you donate a million, you're honoring the Iroquois. Honoring is the word that they use. None, well, I shouldn't say none, because U.S. Lacrosse has done some good things, and and that is a long commitment for the Tawaratan Award. Uh, they hand out Indigenous scholarships um, every single year, but 
we're talking millions and millions of dollars and that money less than i believe one percent is going back to the indigenous first nations people none to the iroquois nationals program and Right now, while the Nationals have to scrape and claw to try and get themselves into the World Games, all they want is a level playing field. And the biggest thing in here of it all is that U.S. lacrosse was, and I, and I think they've taken this down now off their website. I think they've changed the wording from early participants to, God, that just makes me squirm. Early, They had literally early <laughs> participants on their website now yeah. change it to the originators of the game and rightly so but to gain monetary benefit using their name and then to not and and listen i don't think steve stenerson is a bad guy who is the ceo of u.s lacrosse and the vice president of world lacrosse which I was a little taken back uh, by when I learned that, that that one man held those two positions because I kind of thought, well, isn't this like one hand feeding the other here, having a CEO of U.S. lacrosse and then being the vice president of world lacrosse? So it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but again, talking with some executives that – these are people that are voted in by a board, and, and each nation is voted onto the board by World Lacrosse. So it's not that uncommon. Steve was voted in as, as vice president. And we've had Jim Shear, the, the CEO of, of World Lacrosse, on this podcast during the World Championships. So I don't, I don't think Steve is, is a bad person. I think he's done some good work. They have an Indigenous member on their board um, after some consultation there as well. But Steve was the one that started to reply to some of these questions that I was asking to U.S. lacrosse about, like, where is this money all going? Because I don't think it's going to the right places sort of thing. And he still hasn't answered the question, but it got to a point where Steve said, give your, give me your email so we, I can arrange to have a call with you. And I said, I'm more than happy to have a call. I invited Brendan and Tara Lynn onto the call as well. Still waiting for that email. I'm happy to have Steve on the podcast uh, if he's open to that conversation as well. So although I think there's some good things happening there at U.S. Lacrosse and, and you know, they are working, I, from what I understand, very hard to help get the Iroquois into the World Games and into the Olympics. But make no mistake about it. There is a lot of money on the line when it comes to lacrosse getting on, into the Olympics. And we still haven't seen U.S. lacrosse support or denounce what is happening here and, and say, like, again, if they're not in, we're not playing sort of thing. And, and we've seen players start to do it now, but we haven't seen Team Canada do it. We haven't seen Team USA do it. And I don't know if it's going to come to that, but if it does, I, I would surely hope I'd like to see it. And I know there's a lot riding on it. But getting back to it, what they did was so – egregious and I just I can't understand how that got past so many people and then put up on a website and thinking that was going to be okay and so far from not okay that's one of the harder things to swallow I I do uh, I I do want to agree with I agree with most of what you said on that one I I do want to 
highlight some of the positives that have come from this because it, to a degree, reminds me of the um, the incident up in Philly with Lyle Thompson that happened back in, uh, oh gosh, what was that? 2018, 19, yeah. that season? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, it, it was long and it hurt the players a lot. And it's still something that you can tell affects them to this day. Um, but I do think it helped sort of bring that conversation back in the spotlight that, hey, this is still, we, we still have so far to go. We still have so many people that need to be educated and be better about this. And it's kind of the same thing with the uh, Iroquois Nationals not being playing in the world games, you know, now we've got this movement and now we have this momentum spurning us towards where we want to get to, which is this quality, which is what Lyle Thompson spoke about in his video that he put on his uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and even then you're starting to see some benefits from it. I think he did an Instagram post earlier today where he was like, this wasn't them asking for donations, but if you're wanting to help, first off, thank you. And second off, please donate, to the specific page for the Iroquois Nationals, um, just because for them it's it's equality at the end of the day. That's yeah, what they're level looking for. Field. Level playing exactly. Field. Exactly. So, so yeah. I, I think we're getting there. I will say that video that um, I, I don't remember her name, unfortunately. The uh, pause girl yeah, that you mentioned earlier, up, Casey. I don't that, know if she ever gave her name, but she's an 11 year old girl that that more or less laid it out as eloquently as you could imagine. Yeah. I was just blown away how concise and, and brilliant she is. She, she is one of those that gives you hope for the future with how well she did that. Absolutely. And, and listen, I, I have to say this as well. Like, a lot of these hurdles that, that need to be cleared for the Iroquois to gain acceptance, one of them is fielding a women's team. And I don't know the full background belief and the culture ties so it's hard for me to to comment on but if 2020 has taught us anything things can change and as a culture as a society as a human being i think we all evolve and we learn and if it goes against their beliefs or used to go against their beliefs about women playing the medicine game I think it's time for that to change as well. And and par- listen, this is part of the criteria that they need to meet in order to reach these standards, and that's fielding women's team at, at the national level, uh, U19 and senior. So it's high time as far as I'm concerned, and, and I, I want to see it. And, and I also have to be very truthful here, Ty. Like, I was born in 1973, okay? I'm old. I'm 47. And I'm not making <laughs> excuses for myself um, about the way I was – the era I was born in and, and the way – but, like, literally, we used to play a game as, as kids called Cowboys and Indians. And it was an accepted, yeah. like, it was just a game that we played. Cowboys and Indians, let's play it. And, and, like, when I was growing up playing lacrosse in the 80s, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't know. I wasn't educated. They looked different. They talked different. They played the game different. I didn't like them because they were different. But that's the era that I grew up in, and I just didn't understand. And I admit that. I'm ashamed of it. But I've grown from it, I've educated myself, and I've learned from it. And now I feel like part of my I, what I want to leave as a lasting legacy is somebody that fought for them 
And as a white male, I want to be a voice for them and fight for them because they mean that much to me. I don't know when it dawned on me how important the history and the culture of their game meant to me. I want to say it was around high school and social studies when I was learning about the indigenous cultures and, and the sport of lacrosse came up and I was like, Hey, like that actually something that piqued my interest in high school, which was far and few between. And I think that's really when I started to, to want to learn about the history of lacrosse and about the people. And as time has gone on and the more I've learned and the more people I've met and had on this program and spoken to like Kurt Styers and Lyle Thompson and Randy Stotts, and we're going to talk to another and Bomber here coming up, and I can't wait. But my my whole attitude and belief and everything has just done a complete 180 and shot miles the other direction. And now I I could not be more passionate about this issue and getting not only them on a level playing field in the sport of lacrosse, but just as human beings. It's insane. They're the first people to be on our land. And have, I mean, the horror stories, Ty, and, and I swear we're going to talk lacrosse here, are just horrific. And people still continue to be misinformed and just blatantly ignorant and bloody racist about the whole thing. And I, I just, it gets my blood boiling. So, you know, again, if you, if you feel uncomfortable having the conversation or you don't like hearing it, turn the podcast off. Because you're part of the problem. And I, I'm always going to speak um, up for the Iroquois Nationals, Ty. Always. Forever. Moving uh, forward. No, and that's, and that's a good thing. I'm glad you had me on for a uh, not very controversial episode. It makes yeah, my job easy. Well, I don't want to be controversial, <laughs> but... And, and, well, and I don't, I don't think you are. I, I will say, and you kind of touched on it earlier, just with your upbringing and where you were versus where you came from, um, kind of tying that back into what you said earlier regarding uh, the PLL athletes that were wearing the Black Lives Matter stickers on there. And I, I don't really want to speak to their decision because, frankly, I don't know what it is, and that's not fair for me to speculate upon. Um, but I, I do think it, the benefits of having this conversation or the benefits of them playing lacrosse is people it, it start to they, – they get opened up to it. They get opened up to this medicine and are able to learn and to grow – so it, it might, again, I don't, I don't know what the reasons are. I, I think everybody at the end of the day wants to treat everybody else the same and be treated, treated equally by those people as well. It's all um, but I, I think we definitely have to realize that it, it, it takes growth to get to that point And you have to be aware just of kind of what you know and what you don't know, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't grow up playing Cowboys and Indians, but I, while I always wanted to treat people the same, I really didn't get the uh, sort of immersion into native culture that I've gotten into across until I started working for the Swarm. I knew about it, but it wasn't until I was put in the position that I'm in and have gotten to really know these people over the years that I just, I like, I'm with you on that. I, I want to use my voice where applicable and really amplify what they're going through and that while we want to be everybody wants to be 100 percent across the board same playing field and everything 
we're, we're not there yet. No, we can't we're just so say, far from there, Ty. We're we, so we can't. Far. We can't say. We can't say we're there just going. Oh, well, you know, like I don't see color, or I don't, or I treat everybody the same. That might be good, but sometimes you have to show that. Well, not sometimes. You need to show that. And just because you are doesn't mean everybody else is. So I, as much as I understand the frustration of wanting people to not be involved with that conversation, having that conversation is the same way. And partaking of medicine like lacrosse, that's that's how we get to that point of understanding, yeah. I feel. Absolutely. If you're, again, last thing I'll say on it, if you're not speaking up and speaking out, you're part of the problem. So don't, don't kid yourself, people. Racism is still very prevalent in our world and in our sport. And that's got to change. And it's going to change one day at a time by people calling other people out for doing stupid shit. Uh, normally we do who we had in quarter one time arrow, but we got to get Brandon Bomberry on the phone. And I feel like <laughs> we just need to continue this conversation with lefty bombs. So let's move who we had into the fourth quarter. We'll do both who we had and who we got in quarter number four, episode 93 lacrosse classified lacrosse flash podcast network back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. This is Brendan Glasheen, voice of the New England Black Wolves. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back. Quarter two, Lax Class in session, episode 93 on the go here. Jake Elliott, Ty Merrow with you for Georgia Swarm Week. And speaking of the Georgia Swarm, we have a member of the team on the line right now, right-handed transition player from Oshwegan, Ontario, part of the Mohawk Turtle Clan of Six Nations. Uh, Denver, Syracuse University for his last couple of years, drafted seventh overall. Thanks to Ty Merrill for this uh, biography here for Brendan Bomberry before we get started. A uh, lot of Chesapeake, Six Nations, of course, Iroquois Nationals, uh, cousins of Adam and Tyson. It's Brendan Lefty Bombs, Brendan Bomberry on the podcast. Uh, Bomber, thanks for doing this. Uh, I know we've been kind of interacting on Twitter over the last couple of days, and it's been it's been a pretty heavy last couple of days as far as everything going on in in the world of lacrosse and with the Iroquois Nationals. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. How's it going, man? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. I'm glad to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know Ty is as well. And uh, I'm, I, just so you know, I'm still waiting for an email from, from U.S. Lacrosse to have a chat. And, and when that call or email comes through, uh, you'll be the first to know. I guess uh, yep. you've been you've been pretty outspoken about what what's been going on here, Bomber, and and maybe I just I'm gonna just open the floor here for you to give me your thoughts on on what has transpired with U.S. Lacrosse and this donation uh, using tribal nations uh, for their benefit. Yeah, I think that 
it's been a pretty crazy couple of days, I think, with all that coming out. And, uh, you know, I've kind of grown up to always uh, speak my mind. And I get that from my mom, who's pretty outspoken as well. And I think that looking at it, it's pretty unacceptable for, you know, an organization like U.S. Lacrosse to, to kind of use that to their benefit. And I think that, you know, at first glance, people looking at it, they might think, you know, okay, there's there's the Choctaw or there's the Mohawk. Maybe if I donate X amount of money, maybe that'll go to them. I think that's what I, what I got when I first looked at it and then kind of reading it through and to see that they used early participants of the America's sport. Yeah. Uh, that kind of really set me off and I didn't really agree. Like I completely disagree with that. And I think that it's pretty, I guess, disrespectful to the game, something that they are um, – you know, they kind of pride themselves on respecting the game and honoring people. But I, I think it does the complete opposite in, in terms of that is, is using, you know, our nation and our tribes for their benefit. So how do you, because this, this summer's felt long for a, number, a lot of reasons, but particularly it feels like we've had a different issue uh, involving someone that is misappropriating native or indigenous culture or leaving you guys out of the world games, things like that. How do we continue to have that conversation to where we can finally get to the point that this hopefully doesn't happen? Because right now it feels a lot like we find something wrong. And it it's very clearly obvious to people like Jake, myself, you, your teammates that, hey, this shouldn't happen. But we're, we're still, it feels like we're still kind of fighting the same battle over and over again yeah i think that you know just having that conversation i think just having that to start with is is already a big step forward i think before you know it may have just fell to the wayside but you know with the power of social media it's kind of blown up and you know we really gotten the you know support of other people like um non-natives and throughout the entire lacrosse community so that's been really good to see and it kind of helps you know our voices get pushed up to another level to where you know there is change and I think that's the, that's the biggest thing here. And and part of that, Brendan, uh, and I want to go back a little bit because I kind of came across the story with all this kind of coming out again, and that's what happened down there in South Dakota, which I know um, you you had your fingerprints on there with the Seven Flames organization. And, and the young girl, and, and you'll probably know her name, I believe she's a family friend of Paws Up KC, who, who put out the video kind of laying out why it was wrong and and what how how to change maybe you can speak to this girl and 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 i know like there was still there's still conflict there's still money being given to what's happening down in south dakota can you shed some light on on that whole situation yeah i um it's i've had uh i've been in contact with my friend cody hall who is uh a uh member of the seven flames who started that who's also a, an activist down there uh, it's a whole situation on there. You know, they deal with you know, things, you know, I've never even, you know, would have expected. You know, obviously we deal with things here where I am in Six Nations, but it's just a whole other level there. And I think that, you know, during my time there when I was, you know, running camps there with uh, my friend Zach Miller and my teammate, I think that, you know, we really got to see, you know, the potential of the players and, and the teams that they're having down there and how much they enjoyed having you know, the medicine, game, you know, I, I, I know kids here love it a lot, but just to see, you know, another, you know, more nations kind of trying it. They, you know, it's not their first sport. They're used to basketball and football, but to see them pick it up like they did 
and to have something to look forward to because, you know, the reservations out there, uh, they are very impoverished. And I think that, you know, that was our main goal to go down there and give them some hope and something to look forward to. And that's what they found. And then, you know, as they, they formed their teams, they were members of the U.S. lacrosse and were in in the um, the league down there. And they kind of had some differences, racial differences, where, you know, there are two native teams playing amongst, amongst non-native teams. And ultimately, uh, the shorter side of the story is, you know, they, they were pretty much banned from playing. And uh, that's and it was all over Deadspin. It was a big thing. Yeah, now they're they're driving two, three hours just to go play a game while U.S. lacrosse continues to fund this league that has more or less banned these Indigenous teams for being Indigenous. And they were the yeah, ones that experienced the, experienced the the racial slurs and, and and all the rest of it, not not the other way around. Yeah, it's it's very. I, I think it is a a little. I won't say a little. A lot of corrupt there, and. Uh, you know, where, you know, one coach is running the entire league and it's kind of, you know, all fell apart from there. And now these kids, you know, they, for one thing, look forward to you. It's completely taken away from now. They're driving, you know, seven, seven, eight hours just to do a lacrosse game just because they want to play. You know, they're not even playing a real organized game. They're just playing, you know, the creators game. They're just playing out there having fun in the backyard, you know, when that's, that's all they want is they just want to play. Ty, are you there? Did we lose Ty again? No, my bad. I put it on mute because I was trying to do the good co-host thing. And, uh, yeah, no worries. That sucks. I was on a, I was on a roll. I solved COVID and everything, and I had it muted for all that. So it doesn't. Go go um, ahead with your question, Ty. Yeah. So bomber, uh, I, I clearly that's enraging to hear that there are still kids that are going through this and will probably be going through this for most of their lives and. But it, it does have to be, it, it does have to be a little bit heartwarming that they've loved this sport so much that they are willing to make those travels, uh, those seven eight hour drives, like you're talking about, just to go play a game. Like how I, I think this is one thing that you and Lyle and Randy mentioned a lot is how this game is medicine. That was doing that too. Um, but but just can you sort of talk like say explicitly define like what you mean when you say this is medicine what lacrosse means to you and has meant to you yeah the first part of your question you know that it was un- unbelievable to see how much these kids love the game you know we went down there and some of them had never played even touched a stick or even seen a stick you know and they picked up perfectly and uh it would be you know 100 110 degree weather in the middle of south dakota no shade and these kids want to rip it up and down the field and it was you know, it was hot for me, but, you know, just to see them, the joy in their eyes and how much they loved it was was unbelievable. And, you know, to your, to your uh, question about the Madison game, you know, we, everyone talks about it. And I think at this point, it's kind of cliche to say, but it, it is, you know, and I experienced it this, you know, just past couple weeks being able to go down to Annapolis and play in, in, the ML, in the MLL and, you know, having this game taken away for this long and be, to be able to go back and play was you know, I can't even describe the feeling to get back out there and be able to do what I love. And I think that, you know, and even with the PL MLL having a month straight pro cross that people got to look forward to, you know, it gave them gave people, you know, things to look forward to in their day when, you know, before it was just, 
you get up, you don't know what to do with your life because of a quarantine and it gave people, you know, things to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. No, like I laugh, but you're, I mean, you're so bang on bomber that, uh, like I, I honestly don't know if I would have made it if I didn't have that one month of lacrosse to watch, because, uh, this has been the longest I've ever gone with, without being able to play coach, announce, uh, watch, you name it. So it's, it's been, A, a crazy, crazy year to to this point, and and I don't know how much crazier it can get as we speak with Brendan Bomberry here. And and before we move on to some Georgia Swarm stuff, because we want to talk about your swarm here, Brendan. But uh, of course, yeah. the news the news coming out from the World Games Committee and along with World Lacrosse that uh, the door is is open a crack here. Still a few hurdles to jump over, some criteria to meet. But it's starting to look uh, pretty positive here that the Nats are going to be in Birmingham and, and play at the World Games. How fired up are you about that? Yeah, I'm definitely really fired up to hear that, you know, that progression happened. And, you know, obviously you got to pump the brakes a little bit with, you know, there's still things that need to be worked out. But I think that, you know, um, the Iroquois have had open dialogue um, with World Sports. That's, that's a huge thing and continue to do that to, you know, do whatever we can to make ourselves eligible to meet their criteria. And I think that's something, you know, being optimistic here, hoping that we can get there. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's what we're looking forward to right now. And, and just, if I can follow up, because I made a comment uh, in the open and talking about this, Brandon, and, and it's hard for me to sometimes speak on things that I'm just not educated on. And, and I know you are. So I know one of the, those criteria that needs to be met by the nationals program is fielding women's teams. And I know there's been some pushback on, on that from what I understand. Can you explain to me and, and, and our listeners the culture behind women not playing the medicine game? Has it been something that goes against your guys' belief that maybe you need to come around on, or, or maybe you can explain the reasoning behind that belief? Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly I can't speak for, you know, everyone, but I know that, you know, my grandmother, uh, Kathy Smith, is spearheading the whole Haudenosaunee Nationals team. She's, you know, done a tremendous amount of work to get them to where they are, to allow them to go, you know, play and do those things. So, you know, I, I support them 110%. I believe that women should be, um, have every opportunity to do and succeed just like the men do. And I, I fully support that. And I know that, you know, I think that, we're a matrilineal society. So, you know, our women are a power. So I think to, to give them, you know, that opportunity and, and also gives our young women a chance to, to showcase themselves and have something to look forward to. And I think that's, that's really where it it comes down to. I think that, you know, for so long that they haven't really had, you know, something that they could look forward to, but, you know, now when we have young girls looking up to, looking up to play on a a Haudenosaunee Nationals team, you know, I think that's something so huge and so incredible that, you know, you, you can't, you can't deny them that. And I think that obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's in our culture and it it has been, I think we're kind of moving on from that. We're realizing that we're evolving. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm behind it 110%. So before we jump into the swarm stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about your book. And I practiced, I promise, uh, Aquazilagoa, my big family. Did I get it? Did I nail it that time? Yeah, close enough. Aquazili Goa. So that means uh, my big family. And You're I think close. that. You're better than I could have done. Tom. Yeah. Better than I could have done. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take it. So tell me, yeah, yeah, so you wrote this 
spoke with uh, Brenner Jacobs. Uh, tell us just sort of how it came about, how you guys got involved with Turtle Stack Publishing, uh, and when it's going to be out. Yeah, uh, Brenner Jacobs, he, he started on it probably about two and a half years ago now, and he brought me on after I finished at Syracuse in uh, 2018. And, you know, we we came together to uh, create this book. It started off as, you know, it was going to be – well, first of all, our, our program is – it's for – it's a literacy program, so we are trying to help um, Native communities who don't have that high literacy. So we want to create a – we wanted to create a book – that, uh, you know, interest them and wanted them to, they wanted to read and help them. So that's where that lacrosse idea came about. And, um, you know, it just completely grew from there. You know, it started off as only supposed to be a couple pages, but, you know, it's grew to so much more, you know. Brenner, Brenner did an amazing job and, uh, you know, getting me involved. And we kind of, we really fell in love with it. And it, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to hear the, some of the stories that we had. Uh, it, it was amazing to hear, and you know, we we came up with the title quite later because you know lacrosse it, it's it's just a, a big family, you know, and it's really something that you know it's really something special. It's not like hockey, it's not like you know football or anything like that. It's it's really tight knit, and it was, that was something we really wanted to bring out. And you know, I think that I'm really looking forward to it coming out. I think that it will be pre-orders will start this coming week. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Sign me up for a couple, copies? Yeah, couple of copies coming this way for sure. As we speak with Brendan Bomberry, Lefty Bombs with a Z on the end of it there if you want to follow. Lefty Bombs 21 with a Z on the end of it there if you want to follow <laughs> Brendan on Twitter. And uh, let's get into some Georgia Swarm here talk before we let you go, Bomber. And, and wrapping up your second mm-hmm. year, I was kind of cut short, which obviously sucks, but – you get a chance to, to play down in Georgia, which has got to be a unique experience, and then to get to play with Miles and Lyle and, and Randy and and some of your guys down there has got to be a real special experience for you. Talk about putting the, the Swarm jersey on and what it means to you. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. It's been, you know, we have such a great group of guys, like you said, Randy, Lyle, Miles, unfortunately we lost Zeddy, Case and Tarbell. So, you know, getting there was, you know, like it was the transition was seamless because I already had that uh, – that, that familiarity with those guys and then a lot of the other guys I've, pl- I've played with or they've coached me, that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, we have a really special group and I think that's the biggest thing for us. I think, you know, we're such, we're such tight knit and, you know, I think that helps us throughout the season and, you know, playing down in Georgia, I've, it's been, it's been amazing so far. To, and especially with our, you know, our ownership and our coaches, it's, it's just been awesome. One of the things that players kind of run into in their second season is that sophomore slump. Uh, and while you didn't put up the offensive numbers that you did uh, in your rookie season, I thought defensively you were uh, a great player out the back door for the Swarm. Uh, cut down on the penalty minutes, uh, just really helped that team become one of the most stifling defenses in the league with the uh, lowest shots against per game and everything. What did you really... How, how did you see your game evolve this season, and how do you think that's going to continue uh, going into your third? Yeah, I think I, uh, you know, I really try to focus on the back end, and that was my responsibility. You know, uh, I think the offensive part will always take care of itself for me. You know, it'll come, and uh, it, for me, it was just, you know, kind of being more responsible on my own end and helping my teammates, and you know, developing, you know, getting better each shift in every game. And to me, that's something I really took pride in. And I know that uh, 
I had a lot of help from, you know, my teammates and our coaches who really, he really helped me out. And like, like he said, I think that, um, yeah, I really, I really just try to, uh, you know, do my best and, you know, focus on the film room and that kind of thing to kind of help evolve my game and help my team any way I can. All right. The last one I got for you, uh, just, I, I know you're, you're pretty active on, uh, Instagram and Twitter, fairly active. Uh, always posting highlights of your kid, Jagger, going out there on the stage. <laughs> that kid uh, is a getting beast, better man. And better. He is yeah, an absolute yeah. beast. It's awesome to have a, a little man like that. I know he, he really enjoys, you know, trying to do everything that I do, you know, and he's, he's really picked up a stick really seamlessly, you know, we're going to, I think we're going to have a three sport athlete here. We're going to have a tough choice between, you know, hockey, lacrosse and uh, golf. Uh, he hit oh. a couple, you know, the other day he hit a uh, like 30 foot putt for a par on a par three. So that was pretty crazy. <laughs> and you got like the, the full <laughs> rink down in the basement where he can just go nuts. Oh yeah. He's down there every single day with his cousins and right from when he wakes up till he goes to bed, you know, he's firing on all cylinders and he's got a lot of energy and I'm looking forward to, it. I think he's, that's probably one of my favorite things to do is watch him play. Uh, speaking of, of watching guys play and, and family, the, the name Bomberry synonymous with lacrosse and, and maybe one of my favorite names to say when I'm announcing lacrosse, just the name alone, Bomberry. But, uh, I go back to, to the days of the Arrows back in 92 and their Minto Cup team watching, I believe it was, it was a Cam or Corey. I believe it was Cam. And, and it was Cam, yeah. yeah. And man, could he shoot a lacrosse. Like, I, I don't, the guy would dent boards with his shot. It would, it would go so hard. So Cam, uh, Corey Bomberry, of course. And, and I got to mention big Timmy Bomberry, Brandon, because he is in our best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament. But I got to, I got to be honest here, man. He's, he's got a tough matchup coming in, in round three, taking on Rory Smith. But I'm wondering if you got a, a Timmy Bomberry story you can share before we get out of here. Oh yeah. I mean, Timmy, I, I don't think I'd ever want to fight him. He was my uh, coach growing up all the way. You know, he, I played with Tyson growing up and that's his dad. So he was our, our coach. And there'd be some times where he would, you know, he would strap up the pads and he'd play defense on us when we were younger. So that that was something that we we kind of looked forward to, but not so much. Yeah. You know, he, he still uses Woody out there, and, you know, he's a big, strong dude, and I, I definitely wouldn't want to fight him, that's for sure. Awesome, man. Hey, uh, I appreciate your time so much, Brendan, and, and your candid words and your insights. Uh, I really appreciate it, and, and I I dearly hope to see you in in the nationals in, in Birmingham in 2022 and, and furthermore uh, with the Georgia swarm coming up here next season. Uh, look forward to seeing you out there, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, thank you for all your support. And I just want to say to everyone that, uh, you know, we, we see all your posts, we see all your, your support and we really, we truly appreciate it. And we know that, you know, we, some of this wouldn't be able to get done without you guys. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Brendan Bomberry, Georgia Swarm, Iroquois Nationals, right there, Ty Marrow. You suggested we have Bomber on the program, and I couldn't be happier than you did that. That was a fantastic conversation. Oh, he's he's an absolutely great individual to talk with, and I always feel that any anytime I talk with any of the players, you definitely learn something, but particularly the native ones, and as we alluded to earlier, as far as educating ourselves and growing. They're some of my just favorite people to talk to just because I always come away 
learning so much from their perspective and their thoughts on lacrosse or current world events. It's just, it, it, it's always a worthwhile conversation. Agreed, my friend. Let's take a quick break and come back. Quarter three coming up under review and quick sticks. Keep it right here. Episode 93, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Jason Noble from the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back on episode 93 into quarter number three. 93, quarter three, yeah, that's right. Jake Elliott, Ty Merrill with you. Great chat there with Brendan Bomberry. Uh, that could have gone on for a while, but uh, I know we're going long here on Lax Class this week. Deal with it. Uh, quick sticks are up in quarter <laughs> number three. And uh, still still looking uh, for, a, for a sponsor for Quick Sticks. I know uh, Greens and Beans out there is listening. I know uh, our buddy Jimmer at the Used Car Auto Center out there listening. Uh, irons are in the fire. Irons are in the fire. Quick Sticks up for grabs. Uh, here we go. As you know, Ty, lately uh, what I've been doing here on Quick Stick is trying to keep you up to date on all the signings, the trades, uh, free agents, all that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to rip this off uh, rapid fire. And then if there's anything you want to chime in on afterwards, feel free. Ready to go? Yep, let's do it. Here we go. Big trade going down in the NLL just after we recorded episode 92. Paul Day, maybe the busiest man in the NLL these days, trading for big Bubba Brock Sorensen, former Swarm player, by the way, uh, and a conditional second rounder for Liam Patton and the rights to Justin Gutterding. I This is an interesting trade. I like it for both teams. I think it's good. For both clubs. So let's move on. Lucas Coot, two years signing in Georgia, battling for some goalie time. Jamie Dilks with Toronto. D. Edwards back in Toronto as well. And congratulations as he got down on a knee and proposed. Now uh, fiance is Damon Edwards. Gustavin, two years with Rochester. Uh, what else do we got here? I think, oh, oh Calgary Roughnecks signing Beasel. To the D bench uh, with the departure of Rob Williams. Did I miss any signings or trades or anything that you may be privy to, Ty? I, I don't think I did. Uh, there's a couple that came down today. So Marcus Minicello with the Bandits, two years. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. I apologize in advance. Brooker Muir with uh, Thunderbirds. Yes, he yes. just did a three-year. Uh, Cam Milligan with the Kayhawks for a year. And then this actually just came through. Oh man, like maybe 20 minutes in when we were recording and everything out of New York. Uh, they announced their scouting staff. Uh, so they got uh, director of scouting is Joel Johnson, uh, video coordinator John Beltman, and then Eastern scout Jim Dasberg, Western scout John Nicholson. So, okay. Bit of a bit of a slow week compared to the other ones of free agency, yeah. but some notable no, stuff okay. going on I, all the it'll, time. It'll continue to kind of taper off here uh, as, as we go along because these guys are coming off the board and. And that's the way it goes. Uh, John Veltman, very underrated lacrosse player. Not many people talk about John because of how good Jim was, but John, very good player back in his day as well. We talked about U.S. lacrosse. We talked about the World Games. We got to talk about lacrosse classified T-shirts at the Lacrosse Flash Team Store. 
Uh, I'm assuming you've spent all your money on Zed Williams t-shirts, Ty, so I don't know if you have any money left for a lacrosse classified <laughs> t-shirt, but if you do, check out the Lacrosse Flash team store. By the way, the boys at the Flash have started their NLL draft coverage, uh, spotlighting the offensive players this week at the Lacrosse Flash. Strongly encourage you to check that out. WLA podcast coming out tomorrow once again, episode 7 of 8 coming. Mitch Jones, Logan Shuss, and Rory McDade for Salmon Belly Week. I know you'll be tuned into that time, Arrow. Uh, WLA that Weekly, episode, episode 7, every Wednesday, coming out tomorrow uh, so check that out. Uh, BC Junior Lacrosse, Alberta Junior Lacrosse going to 22-year-old eligibility. Well, not quite a done deal yet, says BC Junior Lacrosse. I think they need approval from the BCLA. I said do it anyway. Like, just do it. Uh, Ontario's doing it. Alberta's going to do it. Just do it. And then it's done. And then they don't have a choice. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, What else do I got? I I talked about why it's important for me to fight for the Iroquois. I had that down. I got a little carried away in the open on that. So no need to touch on that. Last thing I want to do is is talk about something that happened uh, after after one of my hikes. uh, What I normally like to do, Ty, and this is a little bit off topic here, but I wanted to mention this because I, I just think it is a state of our world right now and and something that needs to be said so after i uh, normally i do a hike i like to go get myself an iced coffee from a starbucks and and the drive-through lineup was was super long so i said you know what i'm gonna go in and and order my drink that way and and so i i did so a couple of ladies in front of me ordered their drink i had a seat and everybody spaced out doing their social distancing i'm scrolling through my phone and you know like maybe five minutes seven minutes had gone by and and you know like i said big lineup in the drive-thru baristas are working away doing their thing i didn't do the mobile order or whatever so i'm i'm waiting this lady gets up and and heads up onto the counter and says you know like yells at a barista how long do i have to wait for an effing coffee and i just like i look up from my phone and i thought to myself what are you doing right now and so she goes off in a bit of a tirade, and as she's going back down to sit down, I said, you know that they have a mobile app if you don't want to wait, right? Like, you can pre-order, and then she uh, she says, well, I can't do that. And I said, well, then shut up and sit down and wait. <laughs> because it's not like these people behind the counter are standing around doing nothing. And you're sitting there as an entitled you-know-what berating a coffee barista about how long you have to wait for your precious latte in a Starbucks in the middle of an afternoon during a pandemic. So the point of this is, is that I, I, I like I called this lady out and I went at it with her friend. This thing could be up on social media. Just maybe Google large white male goes off in Starbucks or something because I, I literally, I let it rip on these women about, where we are in the world right now and like have a little patience there's a pandemic going on we're in a freaking starbucks and you're freaking out about having to wait eight minutes to get your coffee leave like go away and and it got heated and 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 i'm a little embarrassed by it but 
The point is, is that just <laughs> have some patience and understanding for people who are working at their job trying to serve you. And by the way, I got my coffee before them and I ordered after them. You couldn't have seen a bigger smile on my face as I walked out the door after getting a little <laughs> whisper from the barista saying thank you. So at the end of the day, just be patient be kind to people and have some understanding in our world today. We're in a pandemic, people. You can wait a couple of minutes for a latte. That is quick There's sticks. There's so many things in this world to get angry Oh, about. my God. And, and maybe that, <laughs> like, uh, like I'm just saying, yeah, there's probably things worth getting angry about, but not not coffee. No, like way too much. No, and I and I probably shouldn't have got angry about it, but the fact was is that they couldn't say anything, so I said something for them, and 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 I do it again. Like I don't know if it's my new thing, but I might just start calling morons out in public when I see things that are just. I might just start calling people out. Could be my new thing. I don't know. Uh, that is Quick Sticks, Time Arrow. It's time to go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Uh, welcome back to Lax Class. Uh, under review here, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. And as I as I read G. Wilson Construction's little promo, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. And, and you know the spiel. You want to start your, your career in the construction business, go to G. Wilson Construction, upload your resume, start your career in the construction business, building fine custom homes. With a single focus there at G. Wilson Construction, gwilsonconstruction.com. And, and just reading that off, I realized that I didn't thank our sponsors, the Vancouver Warriors, coming out of commercial break after quarter one. Uh, they're picking third in the National Lacrosse League draft, by the way, doing a little uh, profile feature of the Chancellor, doing a little writing for Warriors.com and uh, VancouverWarriors.com and spotlighting a few potential players that they have their eye on at the three-hole there at, at, at Vancouver Warriors. So check out uh, those player profiles, Rebowering, Jeff Henrik, Trey LeClaire, Ryan Smith, to name a few. VancouverWarriors.com, nothing's offside. Uh, and I also forgot to, to mention Stampede Tack and Westernware in the open because I was so singular focused and fired up about this program here, Ty. I've forgot about the important people that make it happen. Uh, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, G. Wilson Construction, and I'll get to uh, associated labels going into quarter four. So I apologize for that. I hope all my friends and sponsors understand why that happened. Uh, I'm running a little hot today, which can tend to happen here on <laughs> Lax Class, and uh, you're just along for the ride time arrow. So <laughs> enjoy. Uh, under review, let's do a fun one. Do face-offs matter? Go. <laughs> um, where, 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 where did that come from? Is that, is that an <laughs> argument you've had a couple of times? Or? It's been brought up and brought to my attention a couple of times. Yes, people tend to think that face-offs <laughs> don't matter. I think you might be one of them, and I'm here to tell you why you're I, wrong. But I'll let you go first. I might be the leader. I, I might be the leader of face-offs yeah, don't matter. So, be. Which, that's <laughs> um, that, 
I, I actually wrote down a couple of notes on this one just because I'm I, I'm of the camp. I don't think face offs are as important in the box game. In the field game, 100%, just because of the amount of shot clock that they have, as well as the, uh, it's easier to get uh, possession after, like, say, you miss a shot or something, or if you're closer to the ball or the end line, like, you you have that shot. You get that other chance to do that. Box, not as much. Like, it's, if, if you take a shot, you're lucky if your team ends up regaining that possession, getting multiple possessions. Um, unless you're... <laughs> Uh, unless you're scoring off of the draw or if you're up by like a goal or two late in the game um, and you're able to win that face off and then just kill that 30 seconds, like it's, and you've got a good enough defense that can stop whatever the other team's offense is doing. I, I, I just, it's all situational to me. We don't statistically, we don't have something that really backs up how much of an impact face offs have on the game. It's kind of the same thing. Like, You'll hear people say loose balls matter, but there's it's contextual. There, there's there's a difference between a 50-50 loose ball and yeah, you were just in the right place at the right time, and there was nobody really around to challenge you for that. So I, it's there. There's some um, face-off stats I would like to see before we can say one way or the other that they matter. But Stephen Stamp, Grand Paro, I did it one summer because I was bored. Um, like we've all taken a look at face-off winning percentages over the years and teams with winning records and kind of comparing the two. Um, Graham and Stanford probably did a uh, much deeper analysis than I did, but uh, it's, it, it doesn't really get, it doesn't really say one way or the other, like, yeah, you won because of face-offs or not. It's just, it, it's situational, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's all I'll say on it. Uh, who just, who just won the, the PLL championship? Whip snakes, Zed, Zed Williams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, their face-off <laughs> man, Joe Nardella. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, put this way: if if you're down in a game or up in a game by a goal late, face-offs matter. They matter a lot, and uh, that's that's all I'm gonna say on it. I I know it's situational, but when mm-hmm. you need that draw. They matter a lot, so I'm on well, team faceoffs, and, 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 and that's it. And again, like like you said, situational. Like the uh, the Riptide's first win, that was because Woodall was winning those draws, yeah. and because they uh, scored twice off of like immediately off of that possession, and yeah. that like there were a number of other things that went into it, but that did clearly have an impact on the game, and uh, eventually the final results of it. So it, it's just it's just one of those. I don't think you can say definitively like this this is how much of an impact we have just because we don't we don't have the right metrics or the right ways of uh identifying or just join the dark side tie and just admit it that they matter immensely hey uh (laughs) let's let's take a break here uh on on lax class and we gotta load up here for a big fourth quarter grab a gatorade maybe some orange slices uh cram a banana into you lax class rolling on here episode 93 who we had and who you got coming up Right after this, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. 
with 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Brody Merrill from the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Last Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. And now it's time for Who You Got. Back on Lax Class, episode 93, into the fourth quarter. No more breaks on lacrosse class fight. What do you got going on over there, Ty? Is that like some sort of bird or something you got chirping away? I'm sitting outside. It's like uh, 100 oh. degrees and 100% humidity. So yeah, I it's, it's the perfect, uh, it's, okay. perfect podcast do, weather. Do you know what kind of bird that is? It's uh, quite a unique uh, little chirp to it. Not, not much of a bird watcher. Okay. No, I can't say I do. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> cooking down there in, in Georgia. It is smoking hot. It's over 100 degrees up here as well. I'm off to the river after we're done recording. Uh, but I'm thinking that you may actually have to go inside, Ty, because that bird's starting to drive me a little crazy. Not going to lie. <laughs> I'll make my way in for, okay. uh, shortly. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so we didn't get a chance to do who we had in quarter number one. So we're going to do it now, but not until I tell you about my friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, AssociatedLP.com, at Associated Labels and Packaging, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and, of course, family-owned. I know the Ashworths got their kids in the ULL, the United Lacrosse League, uh, which was up and running this week it's so good to just get out on the road and be driving along and drive past a a sporting field and just see kids playing sports again like that that warms warms my heart uh who we had is brought to you by stampede tack and western wear long have they been known as canada's best variety of western wear and cowboy boots but did you also know they carry work and csa approved boots both blundstone and bogs or the Work Hard by Ariat, they carry every kind of boot you can imagine. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, out there in Cloverdale since 1966. My goodness. Okay. Who we had, we got to go back to last week here. And final three fights of round number two. And, uh,. The results are in here, man. Let's get through them quickly. And then we only got uh, we only got two fights this week and who you got for round number three. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Who we had. Uh, four big matchups here, and let's go through these. Psycho McMichael, uh, who took me out in round one tie. Psycho Scotty McMichael, 69% uh, clear decision over the former NLL penalty minutes leader in Kyle Lavert. Flashing said it best last week. He's got Psycho in between his names. How are you going to beat a guy like that? There you go. I think he might. He he could easily go to the final four, maybe even the finals here. A lot of the old school crowd remembering Psycho McMichael and, and casting votes. Another old school guy is done. You were a little taken back by this, as was I. I don't know where Northman alumni was. They didn't show up for this vote. As the pride of Prince George, Jeff Molesky moving on, former Roughneck, former Stealth, 64% over one Patrick Coyle's brother in Mike Coyle, done in round two. 
Yeah, that did, did shock me a little bit just because I've seen uh, a couple of the older videos of Pat and Mike play back in the days and just like Pat, Pat w- was mean when he played and uh, Mike's, uh, Mike, Mike was somehow meaner. So it was a little interesting to see him get bumped, but Lusky, Lusky's a good fighter. Yeah, no, yeah. no two ways around that. Uh, Pat better at lacrosse, Mike better at fighting. That's kind of how that relationship went. So Mike Coyle done, two fights down, two fights to go here on who we had. Good matchup here. Two big boys getting after it. Over 125 votes in this one. But it's Paul Dawson over Jamie Hackle with 66% of the vote. This this is a fight I would really have liked to watch in, in real life, real person. I got to say, this is, I, I think I was about, I only won one of these, or I only voted for the winning person. Uh, on one of these, and it was Paul Dawson. But granted, that's recency uh, recency bias right there. But definitely, definitely would like to see those two drop the myth. I, I do think it would be a uh, rather respectable tilt. And another one that would have to be because the the vote was so close on it. Big Mac Brody McDowell, former Georgia Swarm uh, NLL champ yep. with you guys as the backup goaltender down there. Taking on who a man that, that people said had the biggest hands that they've ever seen in one Ward Sanderson. I had to call on, on the people here to, to settle this decision. It was 50-50 for about a six days straight. But Ward Sanderson at the nose here at the at the tail end, fifty one percent comes out on top, almost two hundred votes cast here. I you can't be mad at the result, although I did really want to see a goalie advance to the next round of a still one in wax class. Patty Campbell taking on Scott Campbell. I don't want to ruin it, but still one goalie remains out of four here heading into round three. I'm I'm just saying I want to see as many goalies in there as possible. I think it's a lot more fun when they're uh, when they get ready to go. So there you go, uh, Scotty McMichael, Jeff Molesky, Paul Dawson, Ward Sanderson, all into round number three. So the field is set for the third round, and holy cow, do we have some fantastic matchups. Now that we are into round three, I am just going to keep it to two per episode now because I want to build the drama up, if you know what I'm saying here, Ty. So just just two fights on the card here for episode 93. Back up to the top of the bracket we go on one side or the other. And let's do this one first. Andrew Ogilvie, who's been keeping tabs on this podcast here, getting past Tory Gardner in round one, Matt Beers in round two, will now take on from the Six Nations Chiefs one Miles General, who got past Drew Candy in round one and Rob Williams in round two. Andy Ogilvie, Miles General, Ty Merrow, who you got? Oh, man, this is... Uh, I'm not going to lie. When you sent me the matchups and everything, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to have to let the coin decide this. And I didn't do that with the next bout, but with this one, I absolutely had to. Uh, it, it came up Ogilvy. Just it, 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 I don't I don't know what what went into the coin's decision to pick him, but I I okay. couldn't think of an argument against it. Well, if you're flipping the coin for that fight, you're definitely flipping the coin for the next fight. Uh, by the way, I'm yeah. also taking one. Andy Ogilvy over Miles General just because I like Andy more and and uh, I actually got to fight Andy, <laughs> so I, I I'm taking Ogie to beat Miles General. We'll see who the votes 
our cast for. I'll have that up at Lax Class. On, you know the deal by now. At Lax Class, cast your vote. Uh, so the other fight we got here to kick off round number three, and this, like, I don't know if it gets any better. These guys actually fought. I send you the vi- I sent you the video, but I, I don't want yep. that to influence the vote here, even though it probably will. But Mike Messenger, who took out Ryan McNish in round one, Timmy the Surgeon O'Brien, a little surprised he got past Timmy in round two, but he did. Rush Nation, Mike Messenger the Hammer, Taking on Steve Priolo. Darren McEwen round one. Kyle McEwen in round two. Doesn't like McEwen, Steve Priolo. Steve Priolo, <laughs> Mike Messenger. Who you got? I, I will uh, bandage captain on this one. Thought, thought long and hard about it. And just, I, whenever you think of one of the toughest SOBs that you, you just hope doesn't do too much damage to your team in a game, uh, he's, he's top three for sure in that, in that category. Yeah, uh, there's no way I'm picking against Mike Messenger because I actually have to like spend time with him during the season. And if he <laughs> finds out that I picked against him, I I don't want to like I I wouldn't want to sleep at night. So uh, I'm I'm taking the hammer here, and and we'll see. It's going to come down to the Bandit fans, and it's going to come down to the Rush fans to see who gets through to round number four. But what a matchup! Between Mike Messenger and Steve Perillo, I'm I'm excited to see the vote on this. Uh, Ty Merrow, episode 93 was a heavy one. It was a long one, and it was yep. a good one. And and I appreciate you being a part of it, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, not a problem. Can't wait to listen to it. Uh, I generally listen to you when I'm going on very long runs. So this will this will make me get a lot of miles in. <laughs> Yes, set a long course uh, for this episode. Uh, big thanks yep. to, to Brandon Bomberry as well for coming on the podcast. And, of course, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction. Don't forget, use that promo code. I know a couple of uh, a couple of listeners have been doing that lately. PVL.com, Lacrosse Classified 20. Get your discount. Get your supplements. Uh, do that. Also, follow the show at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Lacrosse Flash. Subscribe to the podcast. And of course, me, I'm at PXP for sports at gmail.com. I'm at Lacrosse Classified at gmail.com. Uh, all my social media, PXP for sports, if you want to follow me, probably already do. Ty Marrow, how do they follow you? Uh, they should follow me on Twitter. It's at TimerLax, T-Y-N-E-R-Lax. Um, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. It's the Ugly Mermaid. No, I'm sorry. It's the Ugly Merman, not Mermaid. Mer- <laughs> merman, father. Uh, it's the Ugly Merman. I don't want to explain that name. I think it's funnier people do research and figure it out. Okay. Um, but I, I don't talk much lax on there. I just... Ty Mare, Lax, yeah, you drink a lot of gin and, and uh, post up some pictures. Okay, thanks for doing <laughs> this, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks to you, the listener, of course, for checking out EP93. I'm still working on Jeff Snyder for, for episode 94. I may have to go in a different direction. We'll find out. But Calgary Roughnecks are up next week. That much I know. And then, uh, like I've been teasing, I got some big news to drop for you. And, and I got another kind of neat idea that I think I'm going to do for uh, – episode 95 so stay tuned for all that thanks for listening thanks to ty marrow thanks to brendan bomberry i've been jake elliott for ty marrow for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator stay safe and stay healthy everybody